Welcome to Mudville, a podcast about baseball and cinema. I'm Brody Stout. I'm Nolan Rabine. We hope you enjoy. Of whatever hell this is that is the new normal in 2023, what year is it? Um, I think that's the one. Yeah. Well, do you remember a couple of years ago when San Francisco turned red? This I do. This is like, yes. it's, uh, you know, I remember. Well, I remember the year 2019 that I went to California. There were like four or five wildfires that year. That's crazy. Um, and then one of them actually was on the hill where the apartment building that they oh had us God. living on. Like, like I, I walked out onto my Jesus balcony Christ. one afternoon and I could see the hill on top of us was on fire. So they made us like go chill in the AGB <laughs> parking lot. Yeah. Oh, good. They didn't like, hey, we have another backup spot for you to live. They're like, no, just hang out at the grocery store. Yeah, they just didn't go hang out at the grocery store. <laughs> go down um, to the Circle K. We'll yeah, see. I was we'll okay with it, though, because it got me a week extension on the worst paper I ever had to write. Like yeah, the most, Not that it came out the worst, but like sure. the most obnoxious assignment that I ever had to write. That's a fun little silver it was lining, like a, it? <laughs> Yeah, it was like a media law class class or oh, something yeah, so I had, it, I had the same class yeah and i wrote my paper about censorship and rap yeah nice yeah I, I hadn't even started it at the time and i had like a week left and it had to be 15 pages so i was like this is gonna be fun and then i got an extra week to do it i did and then, uh, i did that paper on libel and slander in regards to social media which <laughs> was uh there was a lot of elon Actually, in that paper, I, <laughs> I remember there was. It was right after he called that dude to try to go save the Chilean minor kids. He called him a pedophile. Of course, right? So sure. it, was, uh, it was right around then. Then uh, he won a lawsuit where it's, they tried to sue him. Naturally, money's great, isn't it? Yeah, I think you probably had that straight because, like, now you're never going to like defame or slander anybody on your Twitter account, whereas. <laughs> I was never going to have my hip hop music censored. That's uh, so, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I didn't exactly write about something that was going to be very uh, useful in my career. Right. Um, <laughs> well, now I know. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Anyways, there's just a lot of stuff about like actual malice and I don't know other stuff. I don't remember. This was years ago at this point. But yeah. anyway, uh, what's fires happening in the back world then, today? Uh, Speaking fires of are dominant here. red things, Ellie De La Cruz. <laughs> oh, brother. What a transition. Oh, man. That, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know if we can go with that. I think I have to think of something else to transition. <laughs> Because that was so sad. I kind of um, liked it, but he did. He hit a ball 458 feet, 458 like an feet hour 115 miles an hour, and it was a ball that was about to hit him literally in the nards. So I don't know how the hell he did that. <laughs> the defensive dinger, and then uh, he got a triple the very next at bat and scored on a hit. This Dodgers Red series has and been so much fun. We would talk about the next two homers that he hits in this game, except they haven't happened yet. So, yeah. uh, so <laughs> you guys know about them. Happened. Yeah, they're but coming. We don't. We're, we're waiting for them currently. Anything <laughs> else happened to you this week? Yeah. What else happened this week? Then, baseball wise, I don't know. Pers- okay, let's do personal life. Yeah, um, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, not much. Played some Monopoly. We okay. hung out in the park on Sunday. You know, then we had. 
some friends come back. We played Monopoly. That was a good time. Who won that game? Uh, some fucking nerd named uh, Dolan, James uh, Dolan, uh-huh. uh, or something like Set, that. Yep. No. Nope. No. Jimmy Dolan. I won. It was I, me. I think it was I, actually I it was the owner of the New York Knicks. The W. Memory serves. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. We had a very fun Sunday. <laughs> uh, we went to the park. I filmed people throwing a frisbee. It was, it was, it was great. It was electric. Played some baseball. Had a little catch. Yeah. It was good stuff. Electric day. Uh, I got on Blue Sky this week, the new Twitter replacement. Somebody sauced me an invite code finally. Can I now get one? Is that how that works? Because you're on there? Or is it Um, like. uh, I don't have any yet. Okay. How does it work? Is it like a follower thing? Yeah. So I think it's like after you're active on there for a certain amount of time they send you a number of uh invite codes that you can then give to people and i think it like i think that there's some sort of algorithm where it's like the more active you are maybe the more codes you get okay so i think they need to just give everybody like five codes right now if you have a blue sky go follow yeah they're turning it into google plus bad idea yeah no the famously successful platform of google course plus. the one that was supposed to be tied with the also famously successful google glass yeah there's like uh, a weird lack of uh baseball content on there like nobody's talking about sports at all like well, i search tech people are usually i would think the first to something like that and baseball people do not usually yeah the venn diagram of that is two very distinct circles (laughs) (laughs) it's a very interesting population over on blue sky right now it's like tech developers um is it funny kind yeah no definitely it's it's definitely funny it's not like prime twitter (laughs) well no of course not but it's not like the exclusively business content sites or anything like that like i remember they were trying (laughs) well sure but they were trying to replace twitter with a mastodon at first and like that was just never going to happen because it wasn't any fun right but this one does have like fun people on it like it's it's basically just like tech developers um is drill active not yet um like elizabeth warren people like trans women and um me so (laughs) there's your title for the episode (laughs) no but yeah no it's 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 a lot of fun like i'm i'm liking it more because well one you don't have to see any of the shitheads that you get on the other site right Um, i think isn't that just everybody that hangs out around the place you work in the west village (laughs) elizabeth warren people trans women and you not not quite i work around around the suits that's fair. Yeah, yeah. you are a little if, further. If down I was than a little that. bit more up, maybe I would. I would get a better. Yeah, demographic. I Man. get. I get the <laughs> finance dorks. That's that's fair. Which is about as as bad as you can it's get. A, in it's the, city. the opposite. It's about yeah. as opposite as you can I get. I don't want. I don't want finance dorks. Yep. No, usually not fun. Um, I'm. Yeah, I'm trying to like establish myself as a founding member of Baseball Blue Sky, <laughs> just because like it it doesn't seem like it's a thing right now at all. So Blue Sky is a good name. Like for baseball content in general i don't know like it's not that it's directly tied with sports but like if there is a sport that would have something to do with the phrase blue sky it would be be baseball baseball, yeah certainly yeah i'm into that yeah if anybody's on there uh go check me out i'm uh nolan r dot b sky dot social or whatever to fix that (laughs) no yeah they 100 percent have to fix that i don't like that at all but uh, I'm, I'm. Did sad you really that get at Nolan? Is that like essentially no, what I, it is? No, I got. Well, I'm Nolan R. 
I, want, okay. I wanted to get just at Nolan, but yeah. somebody had it, so I had to settle for the initial. But right. If I hey, get on there soon enough, maybe I could get at Brody. Maybe I can sell this handle to, like, Nolan Ryan. That'd be <laughs> sick. Yeah, see if he wants it. Maybe Nolan Gorman's middle name is, like, Reggie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. See if you could do that. Nolan uh, Arenado. Ooh. There you go. I mean, okay. Yeah. You should have just taken a famous person's name. Why didn't you do that? <laughs> Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, dot, at yeah. Brad Pitt dot DiCaprio. Sky. My God. Tom Cruise dot B Sky. Yeah. I could post at Cthulhu. What's up? <laughs> is that that's is that's that not thing? that's not Scientology? I'd, sure, Cthulhu uh, the, or something no, else. No, they have uh, Zenu Zerg. Zen- that's Zerg. Right. <laughs> I think Zerg is the thing from Toy Story. <laughs> I think, I it's, think Zenu. it's Zenu. I think it's yeah. Zenu. Tom Cruise dot Blue Sky dot What up? <laughs> This just proves that we're not Scientologists because we don't know anything about it. That's true. I think there is something about that. Dude, I could have been their god. You could have. Shit. You fucked up, man. Oh, my God. I had the opportunity. You could have controlled Tom Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Like a little puppeteer. (laughs) Yep. I could have made the next. I could have made Top Gun 8. Yep. Or no. uh, 3. Mission Impossible 8. Oh, Mission Impossible 8. Sure. Or or Top Gun 3. Yeah. Um, Or Top Missile top missile top actually i'd watch a movie called top missile. a movie called top missile top impossible <laughs> impossible gun Mission actually that sounds like a sunny movie <laughs> yeah impossible speaking of sunny gun. it's actually yeah. back tonight did you notice that tonight i yeah, didn't know it was their season's tonight. premiering i'm actually to watch very excited yeah, yeah i've been listening to a lot of the sunny podcast and it's uh they made a point in a recent episode that i listened to which is that they are a very select group who not only write produce and created the show that they got famous from but they also the actors on it yeah um, so they have a very specific and um unique kind of viewpoint on their own you know creative kind of body of work um they're which, the ideal yeah it's fun and they they've been going back through and rewatching the show wow. as they do episodes so it's like it's you know it's it's kind of fun to hear them criticize and analyze all of their previous episodes that you know we have seen a million times and then being like this didn't really work or i remember we were fighting about this this was an interesting decision i you know glenn was pissed about this or what glenn's pissed about a lot of things he's <laughs> eerily similar to dennis reynolds except he's done a shit ton of psychedelics apparently oh wow whereas i don't think dennis has but um they're they're fun i mean they're like they're it's exactly like the show they just yell over each other and it's uh it's good insight if you that, like the show it's worth sounds incredible i gotta yeah. i gotta tune into that more it's a good time um let's get into some uh baseball sure jacob de grom tommy yeah. john God. he's out for this year he's did out you for next video? year i did that made oh, me so sad i was that almost like, made me cry i was genuinely like kind of i was after that like it's it's so depressing that was like my first 10 minutes of up oh god <laughs> like that's that's what 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 gets me is yeah. i'm gonna watch jacob sad DeGrom athletes cry not being able to Tommy do what John. they should i yeah. hate how prominent his contract has been in how people are discussing this injury but it's a part of it it is it's but a it's discussion not, point but it's also not any of their money and yeah but like what are you not going to talk about like you know he people I would were prefer to before, not talk about any contracts i would prefer to say that's they can worry about that i think that's not kind my, of i don't care that's a little bit too um idea when you have this kind of money being thrown around for somebody mm. like that where you knew you know 
something like this is going to happen at some point over those five years just because of his track record, which is unfortunate because he is hot take. Jacob DeGrom getting hurt is unfortunate for baseball. Yeah. But um, it's like a Kofax type deal where he's like as dominant as anyone has ever seen, but you don't know if it's going to be able to last that long. Where I think Sandy Kofax only pitched for like 11 years or something like that. Maybe less, actually. I think it might have um, been nine. It might be nine. I think you might be right. But it's, uh, you know, like if DeGrom comes back, you know, I'll be rooting for him. It's just like you can't – like my brother pointed this out on Twitter the other day. He started throwing 94-mile-an-hour sliders. Exactly. And then his injuries started piling up, which, like, dude. Yeah, he, he's never human. he's never done that and stayed healthy at the same time. Like, yeah. if Nobody he even can. had Nobody one can. full season of, like, 101 fastballs, 94 sliders, yes. and full health – I would say maybe that the path that they that these teams have had him on for the past like three years or so would make more sense. Right. But he doesn't have that. It's no. just he, he goes in, he's the best pitcher in the game for yep. like a week, and then he's done for the year. Yep. Because the human arm can't throw 94 mile an hour sliders yeah. for six months. And the thing is, maybe and that's unfortunate. had it but never it, happened to him, he could have gotten away with it for like a couple years. But, I mean, is he really going to come back from Tommy John and try to throw 102 I for hope not. 80 or 90 pitches a game or whatever he throws? Like, I, it's, I really hope that they uh, change his <sighs> pitching arsenal a little bit yeah, and that they, took, they put that slider especially back to a more reasonable velocity. Learn how um, to break it more. Like, don't put the velocity behind. Like, that's, do you remember when CC kind of was like – Having he had a huge alcohol problem, he he went to rehab. He learned that he could not throw as hard as he used to, and then he came back as a finesse guy. That was like the line from the Yes Network, and it was yeah, you know, it worked for him. He got like two or three more years of actual being serviceable as a starting pitcher, and not only that, being very good. Um, wow! Oh, the dog got the ball. That's so cute. <laughs> They they just showed a video on the Reds on the game. Reds a, game. Uh, a dog got the ball. A dog getting That's a ball. That's so cute. But, um, yeah, <laughs> he got it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, CC is the model I think for aging pitchers who are normally you know power guys who then have to learn how to uh, be more uh, economical with their arm. So. Yeah, I I remember certainly that era where CC lost all that weight and then he also and he just stopped being good. Yeah, and then he had to gain the yeah. weight back and yeah. then he started figured out how to you know change like you the momentum like you said he, yeah, he was he able to, to change his arsenal momentum. and uh yeah Degrom's arsenal is gonna work no matter what like maybe he's not gonna have a 1.5 era right. all season with a 96 mile an hour fastball and an 89 mile an hour slider but i'd assume he would be i don't know I, I would assume he would still be a very like, dominant pitcher he would yeah. be a like top five or ten guy in the game i still think and he might actually pitch an entire season or even right. longer right um, but at this point he's two tommy johns in with mm-hmm. i mean however many games missed over the last however many years i actually i would be curious on i mean that you know i'm gonna pull up his baseball reference yeah sure i i know that some arm doctors or pitching specialists um to the idea of a Tommy John honeymoon. People coming back from Tommy John have three years in them before they are at risk of having to do it again. Right. Okay. Um, it's kind of like COVID. 
<laughs> yeah, sure. The super I mean, immunity. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure like how that would totally play out for a guy like him who's going to be 36, and like we said, is probably right. going to have to change his arsenal because you know if it if it isn't Tommy John, it's going to be something else with him. By if the he way, comes back and he tries to do this again, he's turning 35 in about two weeks. So, so he's not going to pitch again until he's, he's almost 36 or almost 37. He's not going to pitch next year either. Or, um, yeah, you're right. It's brutal. Yeah. It's so horrible. That's really I don't like the fact that um like we saw his emotion in that press conference. Like we know how he feels. Actually, no, I'm this. glad like, that we saw that. No, I'm yeah, gl- no, I am too. Like I know how and like it makes it very it human. shouldn't even have needed yeah. to be said that like jacob de wants to be on the field like obviously he wants to be out there every five days he wants to be the best pitcher in baseball of he course. wants to help his team which is currently possibly the best, the best team in yeah. all of baseball yeah um, at least top two or three i mean certain, yeah they're second best team in the AL at minimum so. elite of the elite right now yeah um and for a guy to now be out for the next year and a half at least and to have and I, I again like I don't know how how much of this he's like personally seeing, but like I still don't like that it's out in the environment to like have these people, yeah, you know, pointing out the fact that these billionaire owners right, paid them a high it, salary yeah. and and then they got hurt. Like first of all, what are you really pointing out? Like everybody knows that. I, I think if you kind of shift that discussion towards. Uh, criticism of the owners and not of DeGrom himself, of course, because he can't say no to that money. Like, that money comes across his desk. He's, he has to say yes. Like, that is there's, an absurd there's contract. There's no scenario where I would yeah. fault a player for taking money. But, yeah. At no, any of point. course not. That's um, like, it's, they have to take it. If it's offered like that, you have to take it. I understand talking about the contract. I think I don't really have an issue with bringing it up in something like this just because it's, it's a factor. Um, and what it means for his injury and for the Rangers and whatever. Um, but where it kind of gets a little murky is when they start bringing up whether or not the contract is insured or not, where it's like, oh, now they're on the hook for all the... And then it's, you know, it's like, okay, well, now you're just being shitty to a man who might have just had his complete career trajectory altered once again. Yeah, So on, you know, behalf who cares of some, who's paying like, for it. That's the thing that bothers me. Yeah. Corpse in a suit. Right. Like yeah. that's the alternative of who has the money. Like if right. Jacob deGrom turns down that money, it's not going to a children's foundation. Exactly. It's going to sit in somebody's trust fund. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to go to, I don't know, Carlos Rodon. Otherwise, <laughs> like maybe, I mean, yeah, depending on the team, but I just, I hate talking about that in the wake of, of an injury. Cause I feel like logistically, what's the argument? Like this guy plays for my team and they paid him so much money that he got hurt and now they're not going to go out and pay other guys. Right. To me, the problem with that is with the owners who aren't going to pay the other well, guys. Some of it could be a luxury tax thing, which again, you can go through it. As yeah, the Mets do. Like, but like that's that's a legitimate thing to situational, like, whatever. But we talk about it with the Yankees. I mean, conceptually, I know, think this is pretty sound. Yeah. Like, I, I just think that we do it for guys who are just bad you know like we did it with aaron hicks like aaron hicks and josh donaldson combined are making 35 million dollars this year for the yankees so now that where's that that 35 million could be going to you know player x y and z who would be mm-hmm. you know it, this much better and for that less 35 money or million like, could be going to those players regardless sure but that's the thing is that baseball owners do not have a salary cap so you know that it's not like 
it, it is a want well, for they, them. They kind of do. I mean, they, they've, they've basically installed one for themselves. Yes. Like you can, you can't really have it both ways. But I'm saying because they have the option to go through it and choose to not, you know that as a fan. So that is a disappointing thing. Whereas like in football, it's like, well, they're up against a cat. What are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Whereas in baseball, it's like they could have, if they chose to not invest it in a player who is yeah. you know, known for getting injured. And now they're going to not want to do it. It's, it's again, it goes back and to not despising the owners who then will not try to mitigate their own, you know, failures or mistakes and try to reinvest. They're just going to sit on it. Which, and you know. what I hate is when that results in fans anger being misdirected towards the player. Right. Okay. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. And Fair enough. Would you next? like me to read off his starts by year, by the way? Because it is kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah, sure. That's, after that, we'll move on from yeah. DeGrom. But yeah. let's, uh, so DeGrom, 2014 is 26-year-old season, rookie year, 22 starts. Then 30, 24, 31, 32, 32. In 2020, 12, 21, 15, 22, 11, and this year, six. So yeah. it's really four straight years of not being... Well, on one of mouth. those was the pandemic year, so I think uh, maybe... Oh, actually, that's a good point. That, I think it's that, three years. That 2020-12 starts is probably... That's a full season. That's 12 times 5 yeah, to 60, but so there you go. It's when they started putting him on the, like, bionic <laughs> man regimen thing yeah. that they've had him on for a little while now. Yeah. Uh, but what's next? Alec Manoa option to the Florida Complex <laughs> the League. FCL. Like, as far down We're as you can possibly get options. Like, ooh, that's a, okay. All right. Sure. I'll give you credit for that, that works, one. Right? That, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, they didn't send him down to double A. They didn't send him to triple A. They didn't send him to high A, low A. Any other A's? Florida Complex League. (laughs) They sent him to a division with no A's. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Man. That's crazy. Although if the A's were on any other team, they'd probably be (laughs) in the FCL. Um, Yeah, the A's play like an FCL team. They really do. But Manoa, so the reason that I think he went to the FCL, this is what all the fans are saying, is that they have the full complement of, you know, services and and, uh, tools and whatever. You know, all of the, the little gadgets and gizmos that come with a uh you know very high budget yeah. major league baseball my team. friend works down there maybe he'll maybe that know. being said it's hilarious <laughs> it's so fun yeah i mean like i don't know i i, I don't want to like yeah it's unfortunate for the guy, guy. We, we, we like, hope i he feel gets bad for everybody mm. who does find manoa to be a bit much <laughs> a, a little bit much um there there is an element i, I think i am within my rights to say of poetic justice sure when it comes to a comic <laughs> decline collapsing. like this um obviously i do want manoa back competitive soon. yes i um, i will say this i would rather have the red Sox be good than the blue jays i wouldn't i disagree with that i would because at least it's fun when the red Sox are good because we get some fun series out of it when the blue jays are good everyone's pissed <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of true but i don't know everybody being pissed is I think there's an appeal to that. Like Dude, everyone Blue Jays, the Blue Jays. They're, they're good villains. Like Manoa's a good villain. That's Jose Bautista. That's why so many villain. people are are like smiling to see him getting yeah. tagged like this. Like right. the Blue Jays are good at being villains. I Edwin think. Encarnacion was a good villain. Josh Donaldson was a good villain. Donaldson for sure. Yeah. I mean, all that whole 2015 team. Like uh, George Springer is a good villain. Yeah, Vladdy, it wants to be a good villain. So yeah, he's not very good at <laughs> no. it, but he wants to be. Yeah, Bobuchet does not want to be, but he kind of is. He's just a guy. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, but Manoa definitely like prides himself on that. Like 
bulldog mentality that yeah. like uh what was his quote pressure something you put in your tires like right. um, this is kind of silly like it's also not true pressure that is created by air when you put in your tires <laughs> yeah weirdo. so he's he's wrong and bad <laughs> yeah when he is on he's it's fun to watch like a big man do what he's doing so like i you know I always kind of appreciate the dudes who don't look like athletes and go out there and, you know, shove or bang on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I for that reason, I hope that he figures it out and it's not just like an overweight thing. But it's crazy that it could be. He still put up a quality start against the Yankees this year. I'm not surprised like, you. <laughs> no, but it's like the only start all yeah. year where he didn't get completely destroyed. Well, it's a little like, extra juice shocker. flowing. Yeah. He, he's just carves them up I don't they get it. hate the yankees so much they, so funny. they really do that's like, why it's, that's the only it's reason very funny <laughs> about like two years ago i think when i wasn't actually like i wasn't following the blue jays very closely other than that they were you know having like an okay year i thought they were great because i went to a bunch of blue jays games thought they were playing great and they beat the shit out of us then turned out that they were like having like a bad season outside of the games against the yankees oh, like yeah. that's kind of what they do <laughs> yeah like, they you know they they're, like to beat the Yankees. They've never totally played up to their talent yet. No. But they're no, still they quite young, so they could do it. They're very young. I mean, how old is Boba Shed? 25. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of young talent, Ellie De La Cruz, we just yes. talked about debuted for the Reds. The Reds have called up quite a bit of that young talent lately. family! <laughs> Matt McClain uh, has a big hit tonight. Brandon yep. Williamson got the start. Didn't look too good, but... That's another young guy. Um, Andrew Abbott made his debut last week through six shutout innings. So and they've got uh, Noel V. Marte and Christian Encarnacion Strand still sure. on the cusp of the major leagues. They so are it's an exciting time in Cincinnati. Team. Spencer I think Steer looks good, too. Don't forget him. They like could they, honestly contend for the division this year. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's very much within the realm of possibility. I Which mean, how many crazy. games back are they even right now? I think maybe like three or four. Yeah, that checks. Uh, let me see. Where's the? I think the Pirates lead the division right now, which is hilarious then, that it's going to be the Reds and the Pirates competing. But that's well, what happens. The when Brewers you're bad are for still so long. in second, but I yeah. do think that the Reds like Reds are in third. They're five games out of first. The Pirates are currently one game out of first. This could be as of this morning and not affected by tonight's games. Sure. Um, but right now I've got the Reds at five games back, the Cubs at six and a half, and the Cardinals at eight and a half. Dude, what is happening in St. Louis? Uh, it's, it's just upside down world. Yeah. I don't get it. I really don't. And they don't. I guess they don't have pitching. It's just it's amazing. It's just uh, Ellie De La Cruz, though. Um, oh, 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 my God. He's, He's up just, right now. Yeah, there, there aren't even words for what he's been able to do and what his potential is and what his peak stats could look like this Um, is uh reminding me of this did just look at a pitch right down the middle but we're gonna forgive him for that we will based on everything else he's done tonight already but anyway he his arrival is reminding me of harper you know like uh like not even trout like that i don't remember mike trout coming up as much Judge did not have this much fanfare. Um, I'm trying to think of I, Steven like Strasburg as a pitcher have arrived, like but arrived and then were loud when they yeah. got here. Um, I, like, I mean, I, I, this like, is two games to be fair, but you know, already just that homer, it, he just made a name for himself immediately. 
you know. Yeah, and he did last night with the 112 mile an hour double. Then he yep. did tonight with the huge home run. Yep. The Tatis, Tatis had a big introduction. Tatis is, I think, was the main guy that I was going to really, really compare him to, like as a player, just because he right. kind of has that uh, that combination of power, bat skills, speed, speed yep. af- athleticism, and likability um, and swagger. <laughs> which, uh, well, likability is debatable in Tatis's case. Well, he used to be. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. was. Um, but you know, there there Until are just the 2021 offseason. <laughs> you can count the number of of guys with the upside of Ellie De La Cruz and Fernando Tatis on one hand, and yep. I think uh, I think a switch hitting Tatis is a dis- is a decent Terrifying. example for Ellie. Um, the one the one thing that some people have been a bit concerned about is the strikeouts, as we just saw a second ago. But right. um, I'm not in, in any place to throw cold water on this at all. Like sure. This, yeah. this seems to me just like a, the next decade or so, we've got a top 10 player in baseball yeah. on our hands. With I also this guy. I love the uh, the tall guys being like a thing now because you got De La Cruz, yep. O'Neill Cruz, which James is fun. Wood coming James up. James Wood is huge. Yep. Judge obviously is massive. Of course. Um, who else is big? Some I was actually big just, boys. I was talking about this with another guy on Blue Sky. Is Pete Armstrong uh, huge? I feel like he's big. No, he's not that big. I don't Is think. He not? <laughs> the the only people who were like talking about anything to do with these guys were just me and this other guy who's a uh, fan graphs editor on sure. Blue Sky. So yeah. we were just like talking about these like huge players yeah. very briefly, like back and forth. The big with guys, O'Neill, yeah. Ellie, and James Wood. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, but that's fun. <laughs> we need to get more people on that app to talk baseball. <laughs> yeah, get me on there, man. I'll, I'll yeah. chip in. I've got yeah. I've got a guy who got dibs on the first code, but as soon as they get Give me multiple. Fair I enough. Got you. And Mudville listeners, if you... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we could do a giveaway for a blue sky. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> what else fun, happened in baseball? Aaron Judge um, to the IL. Yeah. That's a pretty big one. That's a sad one. Yeah. He, uh, he's he got his... Okay, so it's his big toe. And in the official release from the Yankees, they wrote that it was his grand toe, which <laughs> I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> um, they said it's a ligament issue in his grand toe, which is, I, you know... It's like a Okay, I you know he's probably got. I know a pretty he's a grand huge toe. guy. Yeah. Relax, <laughs> it's still a big toe, guys. Oh, bro, you don't have to be technical about his large toe. You don't but. need to be pretentious about feet. <laughs> Quentin yeah. Tarantino's here. For I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. No, there Low you go. Low hanging fruit. That's, it was there. It was there. It, it, um, it wasn't good. Yeah, I should clarify. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, but yeah, judge the aisle. So what that means for the American League East is that the Yankees have already been kind of battling with everybody, and the AL East is the most contentious division. In baseball so it they can really find themselves zone. in a hole oh by the way we should uh, state that this is the fifth episode in a row that the entire al least has been ahead of the entire al central five weeks straight um oh boy i can't believe that's still the case i mean i can but i also yeah. like it it just shouldn't be a thing i think the was um, it the red sox are kind of almost well not, they're tied right but they were tied this yes, morning the, the red twins sox and red twins sox were tied. 31 and 30 fifth um, place and first place and i think it's just guaranteed that the Rays, Orioles, Blue Jays, and Yankees will have a better record than all five of those teams and all one year. One of them won't make the playoffs. So that's no that's not, not necessarily true. I'd assume that at least the Rangers and the Astros are going to be both yeah, in the playoffs. I, so. I think that's true as well. Yeah. Um I no, I I, I think you're right, but it's not a yeah. necessity, I guess is what I was saying. Fair enough. It um, is interesting that one of those teams from the AL Central is going to get 
a like guaranteed a top playoff spot, yeah. top seed, and uh, I, they still they'll probably not probably they will almost definitely find themselves in a wild card series. But that being said, you know if it's like a eighty six win Guardians team or something, it's just I don't know. It's interesting. That's we'll true. Um, I think really what the question that we are asking in regards to like comparing these two divisions is will the red sox have a better record than the twins all year right and i'm pretty confident the answer to that will be no i I don't think so i think just because of the amount of times the red sox have to see al east teams the answer is no sure i think the twins get to beat up on a lot of rough teams yeah in the central although you know and the that tigers are looking better this year with the new schedules but you like know, still there's there's still yeah. quite a few games the white Sox teams. could win on every given night they just don't most of the time yeah. the tigers are looking actually like a real baseball team which is surprising the guardians also should be able to win more games than they are and then the royals are there with less than 20 wins seems three like, months into the year it still <laughs> so. seems like so many teams that you expected to be in like second or in fourth and so yes. many teams that you expected to be in fourth or in second yep that is uh, especially in the it's NL. fun yeah the NL is very strange it's very interesting right now yep i'm liking it the uh the mariners specifically that's a prime example for a second yeah. place team who's currently Padres. in fourth place joey weimer has been uh heating up he had a walk-off hit this week he was one of the hottest hitters in baseball over the past seven days uh, I believe he hit three home runs in that span. Uh, huge win for the Milwaukee Brewers, yeah. who have battled lineup issues for the past few years and have never had anything much better than a standard outfield. Yep. So if we were able to get a guy like that who can be dominant on both sides of the ball, yep. that'd he be is very nice. Currently 94th percentile on outs above average, as well as a very high uh, percentile on exit at 70 Nine, if my eyes do not deceive me. Love it. Um, yeah, he's also in the 92nd percentile on sprint speed. So he's just an all-around athlete. He does strike out a lot um, still at this point, and his uh, his average is not really showing much. But those few things aside, um, you know, this is... Uh, a few quibbles, but that's yeah, all right. A little bit, but he's the type of player that the Brewers absolutely have needed for a bit, which is a guy with any kind of excitement, pop, and the ability to shake up what has otherwise been a very stale lineup for about three years. So I'd say maybe even longer. I, I think you're... I think you're um, right spot on with that. <laughs> we also should not sleep on Ezekiel Tovar out in Colorado who had an abysmal start to the season in his rookie year. He probably wasn't totally ready. He was hurt for most of last year, only played a couple games at the start of the end of the year, and then was ice cold to start the year in the majors for the first time. Right. But uh, the past few weeks, he has heated up quite a bit, taking his wrc plus from like in 80 or something i don't have the exact numbers in front of me uh he had like an 80 wrc plus in april and i think like a 130 or so in may so this is a guy who's still like 21 22 years old i think maybe quite a few people might have seen that first month and seen him in the rockies i do have those numbers by the way if you're curious he uh he went from 580 to 767 between april and may oh great the Astros are on a tear. Alex Bregman has been heating up. Um, Jordan hitting tanks. <laughs> he is doing Jordan Alvarez things. Kyle Tucker hasn't really found that uh, stretch yet, but but when he does, I mean, watch out. It's yeah. really becoming a fun race in the 
AL West between Texas yeah. and Houston. The Astros are all the way back at this point. I think yes, they certainly. have fully started to get going. They uh, they're terrifying. They're the Houston Astros. They're going to do what you expect them to do, and they are starting to do that. And they have a bit of a hole to dig themselves out of. Um, but I uh, think it's not a stretch to say that everybody fully expects them to do that. So it. Uh, it's unfortunate, but that's the that's the truth of the matter. The Astros do Astros things, and um, it'll be interesting. I don't know. Do you think that they end up winning the West? I think they probably do, but based on everything we've seen from Texas, like I don't think that they're gonna really fall off. Like that is a deep lineup. Yeah, all of those guys are producing. They've seen some star turns from guys who they weren't totally expecting them from like Jonah Heim is putting up an incredible season. Uh, Josh Young is tearing the cover off the ball and uh, they weren't totally sure what they were going to get out of those guys. Like, especially with Young's shoulder injury from last year. Right. But everything looks great in Texas. I don't have any reason to count them out right now. We, even without Jacob deGrom, and also, Houston has earned nothing but the most respect, aside from, you know, the obvious thing. <laughs> yeah, I think they're 19-6 and six over their last 20... Goodness. What did I just say? 19-6. 25. 25, yeah. Something like that. So, uh, I think it's just going to yeah. be a fun battle. One of those teams <laughs> I mean, is going to get an AL wild card, like we said. And, yep. uh Maybe one of those AL East teams misses the playoffs. I, I would assume at this point it would probably be the Blue Jays. Or um, the Orioles, maybe. I, I mean, if, if they the get Orioles, some injuries, I don't know. Well, the thing is with the Orioles... They've been right they, though. Like, I have no reason to think they're going to fall off. The the only reason, I, I was about to say, they are so young yeah. that they are not used to the grind of a 162-game season, whereas some more, you know, no pun intended, but more seasoned teams yeah, you know, have... The experience of going through a full season and trying to stay afloat, whereas the Orioles come out swinging, they're hot, they're feeling good, and maybe they kind of, you know, like a little puppy, use a ball in their energy <laughs> a little too quickly and then kind of fall flat at the end. But that could also very well not happen, and they might just be a young, hungry team who ends up, you know, kind of making a little bit of noise in the playoffs and has a nice little feel-good story for them. So, uh, yeah. which I'd be rooting for by the end of the year if the Yankees end up shitting the bed. So that's um, which is you know certainly within the realm of possibility. Absolutely, especially with Judge out for possibly until the yeah. end of June or July. We don't even know at this point. It's impossible to say. Scary month coming up for the Yankees. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, Corbin Carroll, superstar. <laughs> He's a god. Absolute <laughs> He's superstar. A god. Ten home yep. runs already this year. Uh, Seventeen steals. Twenty-five RBI. Maybe a little bit lucky with the 385 Wobo compared to the 348X Wobo, but who gives a shit? Would uh, you like to guess which of his stat cast bubbles are not bright red? Um, maybe like average exit below? Nope. Um, average exit oh, below is chase the rate. 65th percentile. Chase rate is in the 62nd. They are Ooh, light wow. red. They're okay. not bright red, but they are red. Um, any? Arm strength. Oh, okay. The only one <laughs> below 50 other than hard hit percentage, which is oh, 49, man. but that doesn't matter because he's an incredible hitter. He's a dude. Um, he's, yeah, he's amazing. I love seeing this in Arizona franchise that has not had anything going for quite some time. Uh, they are exceeding expectations. I'm, I'm big on the snakes. They're fun. <laughs> I love it. Um, I've seen yeah. them in like top, top five in a couple 
power rankings this week. Sure. Makes Zach sense. Zach Allen, Cy Young candidate. Absolutely. Merrill Kelly's looking great. Yep. They are winning a very, very top-heavy NL West. Corbin Carroll, by the way, three for four tonight. Did anybody have them winning the NL? I still don't think they will win the NL West. Um, similar to the Orioles, I think they are extremely young. Well, and, but unlike the, the Orioles, they are we're an injury even away. Having this conversation, yes. yeah, yeah, it's just wild. Um, the D-backs, though, I truly think might be an injury away um, from not being able to do any of this, which is rough. But I think more so than some of the other deeper teams sure. who are young. Um, but it is interesting that all of these kind of rebuilding teams that had been, you know, tanking for so long are arriving at the exact same time. It's Pirates, awesome. Orioles, Diamondbacks. You could even yep. throw the Tigers in there the if you want in. to. Certainly I mean, could. You know, it's interesting. It, the Reds, too. Yeah. I mean, the Reds have kind of, you know, they have enough young talent at this point that it's getting amazing. Even Joe Burrow showed up today and hit some bombs, so maybe they bring him <laughs> over for a bit. Maybe they do. You know. They have a lot of young talent. It's uh, but all these teams. That's you know any uh, anything you'd like to say about that because it's interesting that they all kind of. Do you have any thoughts on the Marlins? The Marlins, I think, could fall into that boat if they uh, just they thing is they're two and a half games back in the division as of right now. Yeah. So and this is a, it's a division with the Phillies, the Mets, and the Braves, and they are in second and, and the behind Nationals. the Braves. Well, they. <laughs> Eh. Yeah, <laughs> the uh the marlins are i i think they're overachieving more than that they've arrived does that make sense yeah more definitely. than like you know the, um, the orioles have arrived the diamondbacks have arrived the reds are on I the way completely agree with you um i feel i just feel obligated to mention that they have a guy hitting 400 in they June. do they do Luis arias yes and that is amazing ridiculous yeah I don't know how anybody sniffs 400 in today's game. I know. That is, nobody should sniff 370 in today's game. I, I think um, it kind of goes back to a conversation that we had, uh, was it last week? Where, like, I think it is possible to hit that well. It's just that they, they sell for power so much. Like, you know, and he doesn't. I mean, no. he, has, he only has one home run on the year. He really doesn't chase that at all. Nope. Like he, third percentage in barrel, or, uh, third, excuse me, third percentile in barrel percentage. Yeah. He's just, uh, he doesn't strike out and he, Puts it where they ain't. That's it. I wonder if they'll trade a starter. He also doesn't swing and miss. Yeah, they need a little bit more offense. I'd like to see them do it because, I mean, I, I feel like Sandy Alcantara, obviously, long-term rotation. Yes, but Yuri, he's having a rough season. He is, but we'll... Mm. Yuri yeah. Perez, long-term rotation. Yes. Uh, I think they still expect Max Meyer to come back and be part of the rotation. Sure. Um Trevor Rogers, maybe Braxton Garrett, maybe Edward Cabrera, maybe like they have so many of these. And uh, Jesus Lazardo is, of course, also in the rotation. So, right, right. like those, they're one or two guys on there that if you made them available for trade, you're going to get a great return. So they have some relievers. I think that they might actually end up trading at the deadline because that is um, a department that every team wants to bolster. At the deadline, you always could go for a top-end reliever, and they have right now. Tanner Scott's having a great year. Andrew Nardi, very young guy. He's having a very good year. And uh, you have uh, – give me a second on this last name. It's a Brazaban? Brazaban? Oh, yeah, Brazaban. I've never oh, said no. that. I've only I, read it. So same. Um, yeah, so he's also you know having a good year. So they are kind of flush with uh, relief pitching at this point. So I uh, – 
I don't know. I think that if they're going to do that, I think that's where they go. I don't think they sell a starter. I don't think they're really in position to do that. But they definitely could ship out a, a reliever and get an okay bat at very least. So the way I see it, like they're not going to win in. 2023 like it's a lot of fun that they've been good and that they have sure. they're above 500 right now but like yeah. i see it as being very similar to what the orioles did last year when they traded uh jorge lopez like they got a lot of shit for that at the and, time but they um, got yenny or canel back in that trade like they, they did certainly won that deal and like i think for a team that like that is looking better but like the writing is on the wall. Like they're not going to win the World Series. Like I don't think that would be a move right. that could like necessarily harm their yeah long term approach. Like they right. could win in twenty twenty five maybe. Sure, I and think I don't that's think fair. trading Braxton Garrett would stop them from. Yeah, doing I think that. that's fair. Who who did the Orioles get back for? Um, who did they send to Houston? Um, Trey Mancini. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. What did they get for that trade? I don't totally remember. So let me look it up. Yeah. Uh, the Orioles received minor league right-hander Seth Johnson and Chase McDermott. So who gives a fuck? Interesting. Unless Seth Johnson <laughs> turns a corner that we don't know about. Is he even like on the path towards a corner <laughs> that he could then turn? I heard his we... name in spring training. Sure. I haven't okay. heard it much since. So I I don't really know. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think the last baseball tidbit i wanted to uh, touch on today before we get to our movie we want we went pretty long on baseball here there's a lot going on obviously. yeah this that was a great big week yeah. yeah it was a big week yeah speaking apocalypse of Trey Mancini, and by the baseball way. yeah yeah, the yeah baseball. uh he's on the cubs right now the cubs are having a nice little season for him yeah um, but they're like 27 and 33 or something they are yeah they're under 500 but again same thing with that division Boring. they're in fourth place anything could happen but anyway, yeah go on. the last thing i wanted to say uh the other day aaron nola set a first in big league history i believe he had a, a singular stat line of seven innings pitched one hit three runs and 10 strikeouts because he threw six shutout innings sure and he hadn't given up a hit. They made an error, and then he walked a guy, and then somebody hit a home run, and that was the only hit he gave up all game. And it was they okay. were unearned runs, right? So three runs, none of them earned. Only one hit, seven innings, and ten strikeouts. Okay, that's pretty. That's, that's pretty cool. That's fun. Yeah. Are you aware that he is currently leading the league in innings pitched? I did not know that. That yeah. kind of surprises me. He has been quite unlucky this year yeah he's uh you know 4.3 era got about 77 strikeouts and 81 and then two-thirds so not the uh the season that you'd want out of your ace if you are the phillies but then again nothing is going right for the phillies so <laughs> add it to the list so elliot tells me you're a writer and you're the last one it should have done better there's lots of new voices refugees cancer murder abuse i'm an old voice you're the best voice maybe if dad hadn't just been verbally abusive it would have been a bestseller don't say that your memoir is great your new book is great can you say anything no i can't it feels too late oh my god Oh my god. I'm gonna throw up. Right where do I got? Right here? No, I don't think I can. I can't. If I did say that, you took it out of context. Are you gonna gaslight me now? He's been lying to me this whole time. I wasn't lying. All right. Mudheads? Is that? Mudheads. Mudheads? Mudheads. Are we doing that? I don't know. I mean, there aren't like. 
enough of them yet where we need that, but maybe that'd be a good thing to have, like, out of the way. Sure. Mud balls? Mud balls. Mud balls. Welcome back, mud balls. Yeah, we're here. We're talking about <laughs> You Hurt My Feelings, the new film from Nicole Holof Center, starring Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Tobias Menzies, uh, Ariane Moyai from Succession. Don't, sure. Not pronouncing that correctly. Michaela Watkins, Owen Teague, Jeannie Berlin, the great Jeannie Berlin, I should say, the daughter of the also great Elaine May. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, Nicole Hall of Center's first movie, in, first directorial effort in five years since she released The Land of Steady Habits, a movie that I did not see. And it's only her not second since either. 2013 when she had Enough Said, which also had Julia Louis-Dreyfus and also featured what I believe was the final screen performance from James Gandolfini. Hmm. And I like that movie quite that's a fun. bit. I think it's a, it's a very nice movie. It's a, and that, that's kind of what Nicole Holof Center specializes in. Like she, she'll make the kind of, of movie that you watch and you, put, you go with like a couple of your friends and maybe you're like wine drunk and you watch it and you watch <laughs> sure. these people and they're usually like New York like aspiring artists and they just go walk in the park with their friends and like She's by the, the female end of it, Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah yeah t- honestly kind of I, I was gonna say like she's but definitely a better um, person she's maybe the truest uh, new york city f- filmmaker working right now she was born in the city she went to tish she worked for woody allen she was his like assistant editor i believe on uh, Hannah and her sisters yeah um she learned from martin scorsese also makes sense yeah <laughs> she uh she's she's the business uh been in the industry for decades uh released her first movie in 1996 um her biggest movie prior to uh enough said was uh friends with money which i think i watched on the criterion channel a while ago sure. like i've but like it, according to my letterbox, I have not seen it, and I also don't remember this movie. So like, <laughs> right. I feel comfortable just saying I haven't seen it. Right. But okay. also like, I I know that I've seen at least part of it. But hey, I don't know. From enough said, and now from this new one, you hurt my feelings. Um, I'm becoming quite a big fan of Nicole Hall of Center. So I did not know that much about her um, filmography going into this, and uh, I true like as I was watching it, I it didn't really strike me until the end. But I was like, this is a Woody Allen movie, but like kind of it has like a, enough of a female voice that it stands out on its own, and it's you know that that cuts through a bit, and it you know. It's I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I don't know if we want to just get straight into like oh, let's reviews. Do it. Absolutely, let's get right I, into it. Now, um, well, let's let's uh, talk about what it's about first. Sure. Uh, this is yeah, yeah. largely a movie about relationships. <laughs> it's at, about people who are bad at their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, that too. Uh, at the center of it, uh, Beth and Don. The that couple. was the working title, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. That was the working title. Um, and we'll get into it in a second. How Brody knows that? Yeah, but uh, she is a writer she published a memoir a few years back and now she's publishing a novel or she has written a novel that she is uh asking for 
feedback on from her husband, who is a marriage counselor who deals with some of the worst people in the world. <laughs> Truly, David some very, Cross, uh, and also David Cross's character. No, I'm kidding. David Cross seems like a lovely <laughs> individual. <but> yes, <laughs> uh, very funny, very funny scenes there. Um, core of the story is about um, how you deal with, or how this character deals with her significant other not liking her work. Yeah, he has told her several white lies. Uh, Every time she's given him a draft to read, he said how much he's liked it. But one day in the mall, she overhears him talking with her brother-in-law about how he doesn't like this new book for whatever reason. He's like, and she's crushed. Is like, you know, very honest and like a bit brutal about it. And it's like, I just can't can enjoy it <laughs> certainly much more honest with him than he ever has been with her exactly at least up to this point and that so is the crux of the film <laughs> this leads her to question everything like has he liked any of my work does he think i'm talented does he love me like right, you know right. all of these are sort of natural extensions of the uh question at hand or at least they're treated that way in yes. the script yeah um she spends most of her time with oh. her sister sarah and uh, don and sarah's husband mark mm -hmm. go on several walks through the park which are usually when we see them are just kind of these shots these medium shots of the two guys like walking and i love it like it's, it's fun it's, it's all just, it needs yeah. to be yeah it's um this is a very it's like overall very like low stakes which I just really enjoyed because you just really get wrapped up in these people's lives and they feel so genuine and like I, you know, the performances didn't wow me at first. Like in the first, I, I think I told you right before, like the first 30 or so minutes, they kind of all are feeling a little bit flat. And then sure. I think they all kind of buy it. Like the actors bought in somewhere around like halfway through yeah. and just realized like, wait, this is like a fun little movie. We should, you know, and then they all kind of like, you know, stepped on the gas a bit <laughs> it, like, it falls into it's place fun. without you really realizing it yes. i think yeah that's a good um, way to put it also their uh, their son elliot works yes. in a weed store and played he is owen a teague. playwright yes. um yeah played by owen teague um i loved a lot of his scenes i um he was I, great i thought he was the best part of this movie yeah, and maybe I, I had a because i just thought he was me, me no <laughs> me too yeah. I, I didn't want to say it i wasn't no, gonna I, be like, i'm gonna say it because yeah. i was like that's me yeah <laughs> like, i was like oof like it's uh, i was saying after we got out of the theater it this movie i i thought i i enjoyed thoroughly and not to get like extremely like it's my life but like my mother is an and author it's it's, yeah, <laughs> but uh my mother is an author oh yeah geez. um yeah and uh my dad is not a therapist but um my mother is an author and i you know like to perceive myself as somewhat creative of an individual uh, an individual you know it's just like this this topic of having a 20 something year old son who's home from college and doesn't really know what he's doing with his life and dealing with your parents as somebody who's out of school and kind of needs a different kind of guidance. I, I just, I, I loved it. I thought it was very um, different. Like it's, you know, it's just not a thing that you see on screen. And I immediately like was like, this is, Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like a little too close to home for me. Yeah, oh no, um, absolutely. I, 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 I wrote the I same thing. It. I, yeah. I wrote it. Uh, it certainly hit home for me. Like, especially like yeah. certain details that like unfold towards the end with like what that character had been going through and uh hadn't verbalized up to that point in the story and that right, when right. he finally did that that hit me really hard and i uh i appreciated that a lot yeah it was, um, it's good 
it's uh it's a fun little movie and i like i you know i think the the writing of it i i especially thought it was very tightly written definitely um performances aside which did end up being good i think by the end i think the the script itself is really strong and just it kind of you know it's first of all this movie is 93 minutes long which thank you nicole yeah it's just such a great watchable movie it's like you know it is like and that is a terrible thing to say but just in in terms of just being (laughs) able to like sit down in the theater shut your brain off and just enjoy a quick little story there's no the world isn't ending there's no infinity gems it's just like you know you can just relax Take in a nice little story about New York and feel like you see yourself on screen, which is nice. <laughs> you don't need to have watched the uh, prelude series about <laughs> Beth, the Hall of Centerverse, the Hall of when, when she was writing her like first book. Yes, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, which is nice for a change to just be able to be. You don't have to ask who's who. It's just it's very you know every character is well developed and you know and not to turn every single conversation we have about movies into a fuck you marvel but like you know fuck you marvel I mean, for getting yeah, rid of like, these kinds of movies for so long yes i i think that you are in, incredibly right and i don't think you even have to apologize for that like i think when you're talking about movies like this that largely don't exist anymore unless they just they're don't get made, made by career yeah. filmmakers like this right i think that that's very legitimate for that to turn into a diatribe against all of the blockbuster franchises that sure. turned the ecosystem against that type of movie yeah so i think that's a very legitimate criticism and um, actually there was a trailer for a studio comedy right before yeah, the movie uh, jennifer, lawrence. jennifer lawrence i'm yes. so excited for that movie it actually it looks really, really fun. funny like i i i didn't think like i saw the initial like same and, and i was like, like ah yeah and then over the course of the trailer i was like you know what studio comedy let's go why now not i'm sold like, i'm with it let's i feel like it. it's gonna be very important that, that movie makes money so yes. i'm gonna see it four times that's fair <laughs> enough i hope it's good and it <laughs> actually too. looks like it might be it's like you know it's a it's if uh if a vince vaughn movie was made today with a female lead it's that so it's uh <laughs> it looks pretty fun but um, anyway, so if Hall uh, of Center, I yeah. feel like she's one of these artists that has kind of like she has mastered turning um, repetition into its own sort of art form. Like, sure. Yeah. In addition to being like she's she's mastered sort of like the like, I don't know. I, I always a, talk it, about thematic, how like, like Turner uh, or payoff. Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. I, I, I'm saying like I ben affleck is so good at making the like six or seven out of ten like dude movies i feel like she does this for women <laughs> yeah like yeah. she's she's ben affleck for women <laughs> she's um, a lot of things for women apparently. exactly <laughs> wait she gets new york and boston wait, she's also, woody allen and ben affleck also women. ben affleck this year put out a movie about michael jordan and Air. who is the female yes. michael jordan it's elaine from seinfeld that is a take <laughs> i mean could it be can I, that even be disputed I, I don't even know where to start with that i don't know if i agree or not they were both I, dominant <laughs> forces in the 90s um <laughs> with a with an interesting supporting cast yeah. that people will debate over whether or not they were effective in their roles <laughs> and also she she won the emmy for veep like 10 times in a row or right, something right. so i don't know I, I feel like it works sure i, I um, think that's, that's yeah a, that's i think a certainly i think a take. we're on to something maybe we should have talked about air alongside it but i don't really have much to say about air it's I kind of seen uh, air i'd like to it's it's all it's like fun but it's a very low stakes movie like you have to you have to be a big fan of the nike brand to be into right. it which right. i am not and so yeah i was like okay <laughs> i think that's fair but yeah i don't know what what i mean by this like 
mastered the art of repetition is I feel like she's constantly making like a lot of her movies they feel real because they're about these sort of like a little bit uppity like New York writers artists and they always have like several scenes with like these once again Woody Allen yeah exactly (laughs) Um, and Woody Allen is another artist that you know I I haven't seen too many of his movies so I can't really speak to that that but like like every single one of his movies that I've seen I've got I'm I'm gonna watch more of them at some point like I feel like Paris is so good but anyway you don't yeah it's fine we don't need to do a woody allen he's been (laughs) he's been like shit on enough we don't have to we don't have to clarify that he's a bad guy (laughs) people know that we can he makes okay movies that being said it's the first time we have discussed him so we should just you know yeah we're we're anti woody Um, but we like his movies it's also something that I've seen people say recently about Hong Sang Soo is like he's who has been able who puts out like three or four movies a year in Korea and they're always like based on, oh because they're all based on like the conversations and like they're okay. all like they're all like eighty minute movies where with like these five minute scenes that are all like static shots of three or four people talking around a table right and then like the end of the shot will pan in on like one of their faces sometimes right right right. um it's some people like super super love it like i'm certainly a fan of his but like i'm I'm not they have very uh comfortable and end up being very familiar sets yeah absolutely interesting what do you think of this set and you hurt my feelings i thought it had the best shelf of any movie (laughs) i've ever seen like truly bravo to the shelf guy well the shelf guy says thank you you want to you want to go into that i do so the reason that i say that uh i was the shelf guy on this movie um among curtains i was the curtain guy the lamp guy uh beds pillows there was um, the greater furniture gentleman in general and yes that is that is who i was um in general any furniture that was in the apartment where this movie takes place i helped either set up create or uh place which um, this is the first time that I've ever had a movie come out that I worked on and I had a very kind of surreal feeling just cause like this is the first time I've ever been in a movie theater and been like, I've actually been there. Right. Like it's, you know, like I, I was, there was a moment where they were in the son's bedroom, which I helped set up and I was talking to the art director one day and then she was asking, um, she was like, we have this kid, he's a stoner, he's home from college, he's like 23, he's annoyed with his parents. Um, because he's home all the time and he doesn't want to be. And I was like, I got you. (laughs) We came home from college um, and then had to live at home due to COVID. So I was like, that was me. We (laughs) graduated in 2020. Um, Very singular experience in our lives. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I was like, that is, uh, I I can help you. Then they ended up not using any of the shit that I helped there. And then I, uh, that was a common thread actually while I was watching this movie. Um, A lot of the things that I um, ended up working on were either not shown or shown for a split second, which uh, there were some other things that got some play like uh, the lamps that i put in the bedroom the Great bed lamps. i helped set up the bed that was in there i i helped uh i helped you know dress it put it where it was um that room was painted a different color then they painted it black um when they turned on the lamp i stood up and applauded i'm so glad mm-hmm. i'm so glad somebody did because that you know oh, that lamp. we all did it were several people <laughs> in the theater actually lamp guy lamp they guy crushed it verbal uh verbal applause yeah yeah um yeah i uh, i actually so there's a scene in the living room where i put the curtains that are on in the background um i drilled them into these like beautiful old friends first of all this apartment by the way 
stunning stunning yeah. old apartment on the upper west side in this pre-war building it's gorgeous and it's like it's lived in like it's it's red you know it, people live there it is the ideal new york city yeah. lifestyle that will not exist for our generation exactly uh in a rent controlled apartment on the upper west side with like four bedrooms yeah um and a lot of character but this building um or this apartment rather was it was beautiful and we we were in there you know every day for a few weeks i got to know it pretty well and there was a moment where they brought in like these curtains like they were uh like these shears that had to go on the windows because they have these french door windows that opened up onto like tiny little you know like french balconies that are not real like they're just kind of there for show sure um and so they wanted curtains over it because they had to gaff the outside so that we couldn't see anything um because everything in there was nighttime and we shot during the day so um it was uh so they wanted curtains there so i was they handed them to me and they're like here drill these into these and i was like Dr- drill them in this like they're beautiful old wood you know beautiful old windows and i was like you want me to drill into these are we like good with that like the people <laughs> who live here are good with that they're like yeah they said we could do whatever we wanted i was like okay cool all Damn. right so i was terrified this is the first thing that i ever put onto a movie set they had me drilling into these beautiful old french doors wow um and i was kind of terrified that i was either going to mess it up or um you know be in trouble because i wasn't supposed to drill into these doors Uh, but then they were in the movie and i was like hey i put those there that was kind of fun congratulations um, to brody it's uh, i appreciate pretty it pretty sick you. i used to eat lunch on the couch that they have the argument on oh which, my god uh, is fun that's that was, awesome uh, yeah i played the piano at lunch also that they show for a split second it was very <laughs> it's a very surreal feeling oh um, absolutely just, like, sitting there looking in around this room and being like i you know spent so much time in there um but it was cool and i you know not like it wasn't I, first of all, I also did not get credited in this movie, which I am not that upset about. I had a feeling I was going to not get credited, and that is fine. It's kind of how the cookie crumbles in the industry. I, I am not someone who would get a credit in this movie as a set dresser. I don't think they actually credited any set dressers on uh, in the credits, except for maybe the decorator and our lead man, Carl, who was fantastic and became a good friend of mine, actually, through this, and we've uh, we've worked together since. But, uh, nice it's uh yeah it's it's good it's you know it was just all you know it was a very nice experience to go and see all of this stuff and uh feel like i was a part of something and actually have the fruits of my labor uh bear fruit did i say that right <laughs> no but i don't know what the correct saying is so i'm gonna go with it something around there but either way it was fun and i'm glad that uh everyone that i've either seen it with or have heard has seen it has enjoyed it except for one person <laughs> which is uh um you know i'm I'm not too surprised on it they're a tough critic but it's uh you know still it's everybody has enjoyed it for the most part but leaving him anonymous yeah Um, that's so mysterious (laughs) well it's fine i don't think he's gonna listen but it's it's bryce's dad who did not love the movie he just said it wasn't his type of movie sure um fair enough either way i i think that's fine and fair not everybody has to like everything also i don't have any real association other than i put the curtains up so yeah (laughs) like it don't like it whatever but I am glad that I got to go see it. And everybody else does too now. I thought it was funny that they got real life couple David Cross and Amber Tamblin to yeah. play like the worst the couple worst. of all time. They were great, by they the way. They were amazing at it. <laughs> like, I was like, God, I hope they're not tapping into anything real. <laughs> I know. And if they are, good for them. That's probably a pretty good outlet. Yeah, <laughs> they can, uh, I got I They can bet. use it. Yeah. 
but it was fun. Uh, they were like, you know what? Just they're great. Leave the camera here. We'll keep it and <laughs> just, just it, roll. <laughs> if we get anything that we think you'll like, we'll let you know. Yeah, I think Thanks. the uh, the the Thanks, line Nicole. that got me is when she accuses David Cross of hating women because he's like saying how she like overreacts to stuff. And then he goes, no, 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 I don't hate women. Of course I don't hate women. I just hate you. <laughs> I thought that was really fun. That is a good line. They're, uh, it's it's good. They're, it's a fun little movie. And I also, I really, we should talk about the initial point of the movie, which I also loved, which is how do you broach the topic of not liking somebody's work if they come to you and ask for, you know, somebody who's close to you and sure. you try to protect them or do you be honest or what? You know, I, I thought that was kind of fun. And yeah, good it's like ethical quandary. It interrogates a very real problem that I think a lot of people run into in their lives. Like, I've certainly told a number of white lies over the years, like, that I don't necessarily feel like I'm at fault for morally. And I think, I think everybody's in the same boat. Like, it's just, it's a thing that, that people do. And I like that the movie treats it like that. And while also treating the, initial reactivity of her emotions as valid as well because it certainly is of course it is and i think like asking the question is it wrong to protect the feelings of those you know the people that you love i i think it's it's it's, not wrong it's i i don't think it's wrong but it's also you can see the other side where it's like does he think that i can't take it does it like no is that like does it mean that he doesn't truly love me or think that everything else that i've done respect like yeah 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 you owe them your honesty or you know something along those lines and that's um yeah, you know, it's something that now confronted with something by a loved one that I don't necessarily love, I'm going to absolutely be thinking about. Well, like, if, like, do I give them my honest opinion if I don't love it? Or, you know, and if you do love it and it is your honest opinion, then, you know, tell them, <laughs> you know, make sure that they know that. It would be really funny if after the movie, Bryce was like, I thought your bookshelf sucked. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she loved the bookshelf. Oh, she, God. she thought it was good. Good. I'm glad. Uh, but yeah, those also, yeah, those were not um, real bookshelves. I was also a big proponent of pushing the couch against the wall, mm. um, which they, uh, they did not want to do, which actually I still am torn after having seen it, other whether or not it would have been better against the wall. I think it works. But we should have gotten a yeah. center couch cut and, compared and contrast yeah. and yeah, yeah it would have been fun might have been a little too like centered right wouldn't have felt totally real <laughs> a little wes anderson i was i didn't want to say it yeah no i'll say it. it's fine but yeah they, uh it's uh it was it was really cool kind of seeing how they go about um you know my little stupid little rookie brain being like this is what it should be and sure. then they're like no <laughs> like, you know um yeah fun stuff and uh Oh, I also, I worked uh, really late night one time. I wanted to tell this story real quick. Um, one of my last nights working on the movie, I got called in at about noon, um, and they said they won't need us for a bit to hang out around the area, and it was me and one other set dresser, and we uh, we were told to just hang out. We don't know when we'll need you, um, and it ended up being around like 6.30 or 7. And when, uh, when we got called in, we had to go reset like 10 bookshelves that were like nine feet long. Um, that were stacked up to the ceiling and they had rearranged every single book that was on those shelves and moved them around. And I was like, man, this better be an important bit of the film. Uh, And it turned out that the reason that they had moved them around was that they were behind a glass wall that you could see from the other room that they were shooting in and there was a whiteboard blocking all of them. 
And uh, yeah, I had to go back and put exactly in the same order that they were in, according to the reset photos, all of the books that were in that room. Uh, so I left work that night at about 2.30 in the morning. Oh, um, and uh, they didn't even get seen, which uh, again, kind of part of the gig, which I learned. On that, that happened one to my and, dad and other and, uh, ones as well. In Seabiscuit, he was an extra. <laughs> really? And like, they oh, were no like way. panned on the crowd and they cut right before they got <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, it's, that's rough. It's um, just kind of how it goes. Everybody has those stories who's been involved at all in, in any kind of filmmaking. And it's sort of... Uh, just how it goes for right? sure it's uh it's you know it also it, it makes for a fun story so i'm not you know like i'm i also got paid so i'm not going to complain yeah but no uh, you had fun it was yeah, a good time had fun and I, I actually that was the day i got to i met julia louis dreyfus who was the nicest person i had yeah you can I even imagine. imagine i like seriously i like she's like went above and beyond to make us feel like we were you know like needed and kind and you know um, the praise that we were lumping onto her was not like too much or whatever. It was just, you know, she, she actually said upon hearing, I love all your work. I don't know what to say. It's like, yes, you do. You've heard that a million times, Yeah, but of course you that do. is very, very, very nice of you to say that. Um, um, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like if my mom wasn't my mom, I would want Julia Louis-Dreyfus to be my mom. I think that's very fair. Uh, <laughs> Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, I liked the, when they were in like the various bookstores or they were like showing like what she w- was reading. I appreciated like how close it was to what I was reading at sure. that time. Yeah. Like she was reading a yeah. uh, crossroads by uh, Jonathan Franzen. And right. I was like, I was also going through an unrelated emotional crisis <laughs> while I was reading <laughs> that reading book crossroads in early Franzen. 2022. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So like, again, it's close to home. Yeah. I was just, yeah. just a great movie it taps into something it is it's you i know, really enjoyed it it's uh it's just it's it's nice to see that these movies are being made again and um i enjoyed my time working on it i liked everybody that i worked with um cast and crew were fantastic and it was just um you know good experience for me all around to both work on it and see it so can't recommend enough just go give it a watch if you are at all a creative person you will be able to connect to it i'm sure at some level and it's uh you know again i also don't need to be like you know uh like caping for it or whatever yeah no because sure. i again i i only worked on the bookshelves you and just the curtains it. but it's it's just a good movie and i you, you know, don't have any stake in the i have movie. no points they didn't, the yeah, they didn't give me <laughs> yeah. any points yeah no um nothing like that just uh you know it's it's just nice to kind of see a fun the, uh, little movie you're not the executive producer you, yeah no you were the shelf not. guy <laughs> i was the shelf guy and curtain guy and the and lamp guy. guy and the lamp guy and bed guy oh man <laughs> they were the and yeah. couch guy for okay. some of it but yeah i <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to say about it or uh i, I, I think, think i'm good that's it. i i think uh i i liked uh tobias menzies american accent i thought it, oh, it yeah. kind of broke a bit here sure. and there but it was fun to watch him try <laughs> Uh, that has been this week's Mudville. This was a little bit of a longer episode, which was good because we couldn't go outside because the air is, yeah. uh, World War Seven poison. So, so by um, the time this releases, odds are, if you're in New York, you also won't be able to go outside yet either. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, give us a listen. Hopefully <laughs> we haven't passed out from carbon monoxide poisoning by of the course. time you listen. We're going to hope. But, uh, we're well, doing all right. Yeah. It doesn't smell. So we're good. If you are listening on Apple or Spotify or whatever, please give us a five-star rating. Leave a nice review. It would help us out a lot. I know you get it a lot. 
we aren't YouTube influencers or whatever, <laughs> but we would really appreciate it. We We're are still doing our new. best here to make as uh, you know as good weekly content as we can. We're and trying to make uh, it happen. Yeah. You know, we're enjoying it. I think we've done now, what, 13 episodes? This so is unlucky number 13. Yeah. Although God, I think it was pretty good. I <laughs> think so, too. For, Feels you good. know, for episode number 13 that took place during the apocalypse, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think All things good. considered, not bad. All this has been Mudville. I've been Nolan Raybine. I've been Dirty Stout. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.